Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Thank you, Billy, and welcome to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. The point of prosperity for Oklahoma here in 2021 is the Cattlemen's Congress going on at OKC Fairgrounds right now through mid-January. Cattlemen's Congress was conceived this last fall as Denver decided to shut down the National Western Stock Show because of COVID-19 concerns. Cattle producers in the state of Oklahoma, including Gerald Callahan, CEO of Express Ranches, quickly stepped up, looked at the possibilities, worked with other cattle industry leaders, and it all came together. Cattlemen's Congress, very successful. In fact, twice the entries that were seen in Denver a year ago. Cattlemen's Congress may be around beyond just 2021 as a result. Today, we share with you two of the conversations that we've had here at Cattlemen's Congress with the two leading beef industry breeds, the American Hereford Association and the American Angus Association, both major participants at this year's Congress. We'll first let you hear our conversation with Shane Bedwell, the Chief Operating Officer of the American Hereford Association. Then we'll pull in the Chief Executive Officer of the American Angus Association, Mark McCulley. We've got Shane, we've got Mark both up here in just a few moments on the road to rural prosperity. We'll be back after these messages. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. We're talking with uh, Shane Bedwell from the American Hartford Association. Uh, Shane, you've had an opportunity to uh, help uh, with some of the planning on this inaugural Cattlemen's Congress. Uh, you know, quite a massive project to kind of step in so quickly and come up with this type of a major show. Yes, sir. It was a big honor to be a part of the, the board of directors for the Cattlemen's Congress. Um, you know, the, the staff here at Oklahoma the Oklahoma Youth Expo staff, Tyler Norville, and, um, Bray and, and Cass, they've done a fantastic job of doing all the heavy lifting to get this show pulled off. And, uh, you know, we had a great board of directors that saw, uh, had a vision and a need to have this show for the cattle industry to keep us, uh, keep it alive and well and pumping forward, uh, uh as a replacement show for the National Western Stock Show. And, um, it's been a lot of fun pulling it together. I know that uh, the, the entries anyway show there's a tremendous amount of interest. 
Yeah, you know, the, the location uh, of Oklahoma City is a good spot. It's central to a lot of folks. And uh, I think it just shows how tough and resilient this ag industry is, uh, and specifically the, the cattle business. Uh, people have some great genetics here across all breeds, and uh, they want to get them displayed. They want to get them marketed. And uh, Oklahoma City is a great venue for that. Um, we've been pretty excited uh, about the traffic that's been through here at this show to this point, and it'll continue to build uh, the rest of this uh, week and weekend. Tell me a little bit about uh, how the Hereford uh, breed, your breeders, your, the association handled uh, the difficulties of 2020. Well, it's been an interesting ride, like many of you uh, have had. Uh, every week seemed different, and uh, you kind of went to bed Sunday night and to wake up Monday morning wanting to know what's coming next uh, at us, and we just... We called several audibles this year, um, and on this this was a big one that uh, uh, the American Hereford Association Board of Directors sat down and said, okay, you know, what are we going to do for, you know, the Denver venue? And uh, this was well in its works and uh, made sense to them, made sense to us as a staff, and I think it's reflective uh, of the numbers here at the breed. We're it's incredible we're showing 300 junior heifers here today we're going to have a really big uh, open show here the next two days and a really really nice uh, pin show uh, in the breed and so you know we've we've learned to be very flexible uh, we've learned to take everything in stride and just make the best of it and stay positive You've uh, obviously in, in your role you've got a couple of hats that you wear but one is uh, breed improvement uh, that's obviously something that is a is a continual type process. It, you know, we, I mean, we're getting better and better tools to be able to do that as well. Absolutely, it's something that uh, I'm very passionate about, um, and and just moving us forward. And uh, you know, I, I got to give a lot of credit to our breeders uh, because they've embraced the tools. Uh, they've taken a great foundation of genetics and cattle, and uh, they keep making them better. And uh, it was kind of interesting. Uh, this week, the cross-breed uh, adjustments from the Meat Animal Research Center came out, and uh, we're within a pound uh, of Angus cattle on birth weight EPD uh, from a comparison standpoint. And I think that's pretty remarkable well, when you think about genetic gain and improvement uh, for where Herefords come from a Cavanese and birth weight standpoint. We've, we've reduced that, but we've also added growth. Uh, we've kept the, the mama cows still in mind, and I think that's probably where our breeders are going to continue to still put emphasis on feet and legs, docility, um, the things that make the Hereford cows so durable and long-lasting. Um, they'll continue to work on along with some of the end product traits uh, that we need in the business for sure, but uh, it, it's really been neat to see the, the amount of genetic gain and progress that's been made. I know that, uh, you know, the mama cow is a very, uh, it's really kind of central to, I know, uh, the interest of a lot of folks for the Hereford breed. No doubt about it. I mean, uh, we've, the association's been in business since 1881, and there's good reason for that. Um, the fertility and longevity, and you see it throughout the cow herds. You know, that white face on a black baldy or a red baldy comes from one spot, and that's that's Hereford genetics. And, and so... 
whatever we can do uh, to continue to get more Hereford germplasm into the commercial cow herds. Um, our breeders are armed with the best tools. They're making the best genetics they possibly can so we can increase uh, that presence in these commercial cow herds. The uh, addition of genomics to our EPD strategy, that that's, I know, just almost pushed us forward light years. No doubt about it. Uh, that that piece of technology and getting DNA back on animals and getting animals DNA tested to see what they actually truly inherited um, from from the sire, from the dam, and the, and the mix of the two has really been able to uh, improve and, and turn that generation quicker. And, um, you know, sometimes the results and progress we get is maybe not what what we want to get, but we at least know earlier on in life, and it's been very, very valuable. And, and that technology is continuing to uh, improve, and uh, the systems that we have to handle that uh, bit of information on our genetic evaluations, you know, we're running those genetic evaluations weekly now, and uh, that information is, is real-time coming into our system. So uh, it's pretty neat uh, with the amount of phenotypes that we still collect and that DNA technology has really put us in a good spot. One last question as far as uh, this type of event and your other shows around the country, the eyeball evaluation versus those genomics, the EPDs. Uh, is there is there going to continue to be a place for both the eyeball evaluation in addition to those EPDs that continue to advance? I sure think so. Um, you know, I, I don't like segmented anything, you know, segmented industries. And I, I think whether it's uh, a feeder calf cell, uh, show ring, uh, going out in your pasture and uh, just taking a drive, putting out mineral, you like looking at cattle. And uh, it doesn't matter what buyer it is, uh, those cattle that, that stand out, and uh, have the performance, have that, those extras, are is what's going to continue to drive this industry. And with the technology, the DNA, uh, the use of EPDs, having that information just tells us a little bit more of what's under the hood that um, we can't really see. And, and the blend of those two, if we do it and uh, do it well, is the most powerful thing that's ever been done in the beef business. And so it, it takes it takes both, uh, the visual assessment of the animals and uh, the use of the genetic tools that we have. Thanks, Shane. Shane Bedwell, the Chief Operating Officer and the uh, Director of Breed Improvement for the American Hereford Association. Here on the Road to Rural Prosperity, we continue rolling along at the OKC Fairgrounds. And uh, in just a few moments, we want to share with you a conversation with Mark McCulley from the American Angus Association. We'll be back with Mark in just a few moments here on the Road to Rural Prosperity. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. 
Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma, and their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. Welcome back to the Road to Rural Prosperity. Today, we're focusing on the Cattlemen's Congress underway at the OKC Fairgrounds through mid-January. The leading beef breed in America is here in big numbers, the American Angus Association at the Cattlemen's Congress. And today, we wanted to share with you a conversation from their chief executive officer, Mark McCulley. Mark, first of all, uh, we're glad to have the Angus folks here at Cattlemen's Congress uh, in this January venue here in Oklahoma City. Well, we're thrilled to be here and just so appreciative of the opportunity to have a show. I know our exhibitors, our members, uh, adult and youth, uh, are just excited we're having a show. We've had a great event. It's just been so uh, hospitable here, the folks here at the, at the grounds, a uh, beautiful facility, and it's just uh, it's working out great. We're off to a great start. And you got a lot of Angus cattle here. A lot of Angus cattle here. We've, uh, you know, with some of, um, one, there's just uh, been, been just big big numbers in participation. But then, of course, with some of the other shows being canceled, things like down in Fort Worth not happening, uh, uh, folks are looking for a place to go. And, and so uh, we've, had, we've had some great, uh, great uh, attendance, and uh, uh, we've got, got a lot of good cattle here. Let's talk maybe a little bit, look backwards a little bit. And the ways that you've had to kind of deal with uh, all the problems of, of coronavirus in 2020 and the challenges that's given to the association, but also to your breeders as well. I know you've had to, to adapt. Oh, you know, it has been the year of adaption uh, uh, and, and adapt to, you know, we've watched our breeders adapt to uh, to how they put a sale together, you know, and, and looking at, at uh, augmenting maybe an in-person sale with more technology, more online bidding, uh, you know, just change the way they, they uh, uh, go about that, that sale format and things. And, and, and the response was a bit tremendous. We had a great sale season through the spring. Our fall sale season has been tremendous. We've, we've seen, uh, again, breeders adapt and, and come out with, uh, with really, really good results. Um, I, know, I know in talking with, uh, you know, some of the folks at this show, uh, Gerald Callahan and others that you're well, well, well aware of, they talk about the vital nature of the seed stock industry, the purebred industry, to make sure that we have high-quality beef that can get to the consumer. You bet. It, it really all starts with uh, the, the genetics and the seed stock, and, and so we need opportunities to, to get our breeders together, and, and uh, we need to make sure that they've got an opportunity to market uh, and showcase their genetics. We have a lot of breeders that come to these kinds of events to, to see other genetics and see what's working in other operations to help make breeding decisions for what they're going to do in their outfit. So these things are very vital, and they, they definitely, when we look at the number of sales we have uh, here at this event as well, it, it really sets the tone as well for the spring sales season. Uh, typically when this uh, event, uh, in the past Denver, but I believe this year here at uh, Cattlemen's Congress, these strong sales are going to translate on out to a really strong uh, demand that we're going to see throughout the, the spring bull and female sales. I know one of the things that uh, you've really been excited about within the Angus industry and with that, in the association, the fact that you've been able to provide so many tools to your breeders, to your, your purebred operators to successfully do their business, whether it's uh, EPDs, genomics, uh, the Angus Link program, you can just kind of go on and on. 
Yeah, and I think that's really, we see that as our role as an association is provide that toolbox. We know we have a, a very diverse membership. We have uh, we have breeders that, that have, a, this is their sole source of income. They're large in scale. They're, uh, this is what they do. We have others that, that uh, have a handful of cows, and, and both are important members to us as an association, but we also recognize those members need different tools. And uh, and so I think really a challenge for us is to is to uh, provide f- tools of value and relevance to that diverse base that we have. And you know it's it's fun to stay. You know we have to stay on the very cutting edge with our most progressive breeders, things in genomic technology, programs like Angus Link. Uh, and then we know we've got new breeders coming in that that need us for educational resources and uh, uh, and 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 things on again just some of the basics of genetic selection, the basics of of marketing, building a seed stock brand and marketing a marketing uh, cattle and and uh, advertising resources and all of that. So we've really got to be pretty diverse, but that's a, that's a pretty fun challenge to have. Of course, one of the uh, signature cards that you've got, that uh, everybody's interested if you're talking about black cattle, and that's a certified Angus beef program. Yeah, yeah, it ha- it, it's 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 a uh, it's definitely a competitive advantage that we have uh, that uh, you know been around for now uh, you know since since 1978 continues to have just incredible momentum in the marketplace uh, and we've we see growth uh, just year over year you know this year was the first year in in a long time that we did not see growth and it really came in just a handful of months uh, where food service business was was as we all know decimated uh, and um, but what what you know what's been interesting is we've seen the retail side of our business so the grocery side of our business that is picked up so much of that slack and now today you know we're we're setting some uh, you know october i believe was a was a top all to- a top 10 all-time month for the program uh and so you know we're kind of back on on track food service is kind of being able to get back on its feet it's still really rough out there i don't want to p- paint that picture inaccurately we still have a number of our food service licensees that are really really struggling we feel for them we've tried to be uh, be there for them through this tough time has helped help them as they transition their business to maybe more take out and to go out outdoor dining and try to make try to be a partner with them as as uh, and a resource for them as they get through those tough times as well for the industry for the for the association one of your jobs is to be that vision caster along with the other members of your staff but what's out there ahead what you know 2021 and maybe even beyond that yeah, you know, it's. I think if anything, 2020 taught us that uh, uh, we, we've got to be planners, but we also have to be pretty nimble, you know, and we have to be able to, and I think that's going to just continue. I think we have to look at our organizations and be able to be nimble and, and respond. Um, I, I think in the big, in the, in the industry, I, I'm, I'm very, very bullish on beef demand. I, I think um, I think our commercial producers and our seed stock breeders uh, have some have some really good years in, in front of us. Um, you know, I think the end product side is going to continue to be. Uh, we're going to see more coordination that goes on. I think our, our our business is going to become less and less commodity and more and more program. Um, I think that 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 to me that that is set. That, that direction is set. It's just how fast are we going to get there. And so that's why our programs like Angus Link and things are, are really positioning users of registered Angus Genetics to be able to take advantage of those premiums in the marketplace. Uh, I just think we're going to see more and more supply chain coordination. So things that uh, we're going to have more assurances. Of the con- we know the consumer's wanting more and more assurances 
that these cattle were raised uh, in, a, in, a, in, in a correct way, right? right. They're going to, you know, even things around environmental impact. Um, and I think we've got an incredible story, right? We've got an incredible story out there, the ruminant in particular, uh, the, the progress we've made in growth and efficiency. I think we don't think about it in terms of a more sustainable product or using, you know, having less environmental impact. But that's, in fact, what we've been selecting for as we select for faster gaining, more efficient cattle. I just think we need to tell that story a little bit different and there's going to be probably more opportunities around documenting some of that and verifying some of that long term Um, i think you know to me i'm starting to see more and more separation from and i talked to cattle feeders and wasn't that long ago cattle feeders they knew breeds of cattle but they didn't they weren't paying as much attention to maybe genetic lines within a breed Uh, that's changing right we're seeing we're seeing a lot of differences being expressed in the in the feedlot and at the packing plant on on those really top end genetics and so I think that's going to continue as well. Finally, you know, I know that the important component of the association are these type of shows, your, uh, your ROV shows, the junior shows, all these things. But at the same time, uh, we've got these genomic EPDs that tell us so much about the cattle today. You know, the eyeball evaluation versus EPDs, you know, is, is it, can, can you both of them kind of coexist? You know, I think they have to. I've always called it a, bu- a bit of a blend of art and science. And, and, you know, I think the science is obviously getting heavier and stronger and, and more powerful. Um, but candidly, there's still things that we haven't got an objective scientific measure for yet that's an important part of animal husbandry, that's an important part of animal breeding. You know, and I'm an old, I'm an old livestock judging team member and an old livestock judging team coach. And I, so I still, I, 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 still, I still probably maybe have a, a little stronger bias at times to the phenotypic evaluation side of things, but I truly believe that. I truly believe there's things in the in the in in, in through phenotypic evaluation that's still vital uh, in terms of form and function and making sure that these cattle work for the commercial cattlemen, and then making sure obviously the data as we continue to collect more of this data and and build these tools that that uh, that you know sometimes will fool us. You know sometimes we'll we'll fool what we think our eyeball is telling us which ones the good ones are, and, and I think we need to be open to that. Don't fight that let the data help guide our our decisions but but i don't believe we're going to get away from from fully having visual uh some the the importance of visual appraisal is is still very very key in my mind if if you had the name or or kind of uh or you've identified maybe one challenge or one or two challenges at uh, the angus breed faces right now what what is it well, you know, I think probably one of the challenges always if you if you have if you are a market leader, right, and you have a, a market share lead. It, it, at times, the, it's it's you you get you find yourself can get yourself in a mindset of trying to protect that number one spot as opposed to. Uh, acting like you're number three, trying to get to number two, as I always say, you know, and 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 I don't I don't have any real concerns about that. I look at our breeders, I look at our board, I look at our staff. We're all about getting better and not being complacent and not not uh, not not relaxing because of the success that we've had. Because we all know that that this this business continues to evolve. We've got to stay current. We've got to stay relevant. That's a word I'd like to to, to just continue pound home all the time. We've got to make sure we're always 
relevant to our to our member to the commercial industry, uh, and that's going to require change as we continue to uh, to go down this road. So, you know, making sure that we don't become complacent um, I, I, is definitely a, a challenge. I think for an association, I'd say it's for Angus Association, all associations. I spoke to the diversity of the membership that we serve. Um, that's a that's also I think always a challenge, making sure that you're staying relevant to that big breeder, that small breeder, that new breeder, that fifth generation breeder. Those are different tools, different programs, and you've got to be mindful of, of bringing value to all of them. Thanks, Mark. Mark McCulley, Chief Executive Officer of the American Angus Association, talking Angus, talking Herefords, here from the Cattlemen's Congress 2021 at the OKC Fairgrounds. Thanks for joining us today as we travel along the road to rural prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the funk companies.